And uh, it's going to be a series that really helps us focus on um, learning what it means to be forgiven and to forgive. And uh, it's critical, it's important for us, especially in these day and time. You know, forgiveness is a merciful gift. It's a gift from God, and it should, now here's the key, should have a profound influence in every believer's life. Every person who knows Jesus Christ, you should be transformed by the fact that you have been forgiven. And you should also now have a better understanding of what it means to deal with your own sin. Because one of the hardest things to do is forgive yourself. It's one of the most toughest things to do is forgive yourself. And, and, and to understand how to forgive the sins of others. Omission and commission. You see, commission are sins that you commit. Omission are sins that you didn't know you did, but you did them. And there are people who've been hurting each other, and you didn't know you've been hurting each other, or I hope you didn't know you've been hurting each other. If you did know, then we got some more work to do. Right? And so God's delicate balance. See, here's the problem with forgiveness. The problem with forgiveness is, is we all feel like we need to be justified. So we don't want to give forgiveness because we think forgiveness throws out justice. No, absolutely not. If you believe that, you don't understand the cross. You see, the cross of Christ is where the justice of God met the grace of God and the rightful wrath of God was satisfied in Christ Jesus and objects of wrath become objects of affection. Your forgiveness wasn't free. And your forgiveness didn't require God to overlook or justify your behavior. No. What happened is there was a payment in full. God never ignores justice. It's a part of, his, it's a part of who he is. And so you and I need to understand that forgiveness teaches us to confess. It teaches us to repent. It teaches us to forgive. It teaches us to restore. It teaches us to reconcile with one another. God calls us to forgive as we have been forgiven in Christ. And that's not partial. I'm going to forgive you for that, but not for this. Now, I can forgive you for this, but I can't forgive you for that. I don't see that in the Scripture. Isn't that unusual? God says, I'll forgive you for everything and anything. But you and I decide what's forgivable and what's not forgivable. I, I missed that. I missed that in the text. And so, if there's ever been a time in our church... If there's ever been a time in our nation, if there's ever been a time in our city where individuals need this teaching, it is right now. This is a right now word from God. Right now. I have watched for months as we have been fractured in too many ways to count. Too many ways to count. We have been, racial lines have been drawn in the sand. 
There are political allegiances that are stronger than your allegiance to Jesus. Stronger. And, and how, you say, how can you be so bold to say that? I'm so bold to say that because I don't know what God you serve, but I know what candidate you back. I know what cause you're for, and it's not the cause of Christ. You say, how dare you say that? I'm just telling you what I see and hear out of your mouth and how I, as your pastor, am hearing from both sides, hearing both sides are hurt, but nobody will talk. I'm hurt, you're hurt, but we don't, we ignore Matthew 18 that says if you got a problem with somebody before you come to worship, have a conversation. Instead, you talk about it to everybody else but the person you need to talk to. Hurt people hurt people, and we are doing an above-average job of hurting one another. And it's crushing one another. It's crushing the mission of Christ and the cause of Christ in our city because we won't sit in a room together. I've watched as people made vows. I've heard people made vows. I will never get close to someone again because they hurt me. I've watched that. I won't get close to a person of color. I won't get close to a white person again because now I know who they are. Well, maybe you just revealed who you are. White, black, Spanish, or whatever. Right? Truthfully, the metal of some relationships has been tested and found unstable and shakable, and that includes your relationship with God. The metal has been tested, and it has proven to be shakable and unstable. The true test of our metal is when we come up against a major setback, and we refuse to give up. We, we find a way. We make a way. At least last time I checked, my God was a way maker. Is he not a way maker? Did, did I miss that? Did I miss that? Did somebody, did I miss that? He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. Right? So, so if he's a way maker and he lives in me, then I'm supposed to be a way maker. See, God designed us for this rather than trying to say, I'm not, I'm going to hurt no more. Because listen, as long as you're breathing, you are hurting. And as long as you're breathing, you're able to be hurt. I say, let's make a pledge. If we're going to make a vow, let's be angry no more. And I'm talking about unholy anger, not holy anger. I've made that clear. But let's stop saying I'm not going to hurt no more because if, as long as you love, you're going to hurt. But let's be angry no more. Let's find a way. And there's only one way to achieve this goal. But be warned, it is not easy. Be warned, it is, not, it is the way of forgiveness. It's the road far less traveled. Angry no more means that we live a life of both giving and receiving forgiveness by God's grace through Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be angry no more. It means that you give and you receive forgiveness by God's grace. Yeah, you don't have it, but God does. Some say to me, Pastor, I don't have that in me. And I say, yes, you do, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
You have the Holy Spirit of God living in you. You have experienced the grace of God and you have experienced unmerited favor and God calls us to be different. He calls us to go against the grain. And I want to read from Ephesians chapter 4 today. And as we're reading from Ephesians chapter 4, I want you to understand and see the text. I'm going to be reading from uh, verse 17 through the end of the chapter. And then we're going to go back to the beginning of the chapter. And it says this. It says, Now I say this and testify in the Lord that you must no longer, everybody say no longer. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. So you know what God says? You've been renewed, I've been renewed, we've been renewed, and we're not supposed to walk according to the world anymore. We're supposed to walk differently. And it says they are darkened in their understanding, which means i got to pay you back. That's just what I have to do. You did me wrong, I did you wrong, i got to pay you back. You hate me, I hate you. i got to get you back. Everybody's worried about making payback, so we ain't ever going to make a comeback. We're going to constantly have a setback. I can keep going if you need me to. Alienated from the life of God because of ignorance. But listen, church. Oh, I got some good news and some bad news for you this morning. You can't leave here this morning and say you're ignorant anymore of forgiveness. I hope you're watching on Facebook. You can't shut it off because I just told you about it. You can't shut it off now. You can't claim ignorance anymore. I didn't know that. Oh, no. Thank you, Jesus. That is in them due to the hardness of heart. You know why we got problems that we have? Hardness of heart. Some of us are hardening our hearts toward other people. Some of us are hardening our hearts toward God. They, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Come on now, church. Come on now. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. You know what happened when Jesus changed you. And you know better. You know better. And when you misbehave, the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you grieve the Holy Spirit. And you know you're wrong, but then you get mad at me. Then you get mad at your pastor because your pastor done brought up the Word of God again. And then, then you try and shut me up by saying, don't talk about the Bible. What am I supposed to do? Tell you my opinion? I'm going to preach the gospel. If I had a dollar for every time I had somebody say, and don't bring up the Bible, well, we ain't talking then. I ain't got nothing to say to you if I can't bring up the Bible. I'm going to tell God, talk, and then say, don't, don't use your word. Look, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth in Jesus. Woo! Now we're assuming that you know the truth about Jesus. You don't just have religion. You ain't got mama's religion, daddy's religion. You ain't got... No, you know the truth in Jesus. Put off the old self. Everybody say old self. Which belongs to your former life. Everybody say former life. Uh, and, and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed. Everybody say renewed. And, and here it is. Look, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. 
We got a stinking thinking problem, church. We got a problem with stinking thinking. He says, but put on the new self. Everybody say new self. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, therefore, having put away falsehood, let us, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And listen to this verse, verse 27. And give, the, and give no opportunity to the devil. You know what we've been doing? We've been giving the devil all kinds of opportunity. You know what we've been doing? We've been giving the devil all kinds of opportunity. What we've been doing is, is we've been letting our emotions be controlled by headlines. We've been letting social media create a narrative instead of the Word of God. And what's been happening is our hearts have been, become hardened, 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 hardened to the point now we have adopted falsehood as truth. We become angry no more when we do this, when we no longer walk as those who do not know the truth, but we put on our new self in Christ. You see, we, we must understand we become angry no more. And I'm not talking about holy anger. I told you, I don't want your holy anger to go away. I want your unrighteous anger to go away. I want the anger that's causing you to sin to go away. But I want your your need for justice because that's what God has called you to. I want your need to love to remain. I just don't want you spewing. I want you speaking. Ephesians says, Now I say and testify that you must no longer walk as though Gentiles do with the futility of their mind. Chapter 1 calls us, this is what Paul says, Therefore, uh, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner call, in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Paul, who is in chains, locked in jail, mistreated, arrested, trumped up charges, in a bad situation, not being well treated, and he's calling for us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of Christ Jesus. He says, with all humility and gentleness and patience. Everybody say patience. And the only one I know is a doctor is Dr. Witt. So he has patience. The rest of us need him. (laughs) Bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. And the bond of peace. I feel like I could just close the book and we should all go home. We should all know better now. But I can't. Because we still got some work to do. Because I'm going to go home today and I'm going to look in, in, that, in that Instagram feed and I'm going to look in that Facebook feed and I'm going to look in those and I'm going to see people hurting people because they're standing for something other than God. A personal, a personal call to walk worthy 
of the calling we receive. Jesus said this. Jesus said in John chapter 8, Have you forgotten? Have I forgotten? Have we forgotten? He looked as he picked that woman up who was red-handed, caught in adultery, who had a death sentence, a 100% death sentence, should have died an awful death by being crushed with stones. And he said, I do not condemn you. Walk away. And he turned back to the crowd and he says, Let me let you know something. Those who walk with me will never again walk in darkness. It's time for you to quit walking toward the darkness and start walking to his marvelous light. I'm sick of it, church. I said I'm sick of it. I'm sick of us being agents of darkness, acting like we're children of light. Wake up. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Pastor. How dare you talk to me like that? I'm going to talk to you like this until you and I get it. We're going to keep hurting one another, and then i got to keep picking up the pieces of both sides, and we're not following any protocol at all aside from hate and aside from falsehood and aside from lies. Do not let your own hardness of heart keep you from living the life God has planned for you. I'm going to say that again. Do not let your own hardness of heart keep you from living the life God has planned for you. God has a plan for your life, but you keep that hardness of heart and you're not going to see that life. You're going to see a hard life. You don't have the luxury of ignorance anymore. We know better, so we need to do better. We must not let something temporal prevent us from experiencing something eternal. Forgive. Be forgiven. I love it. I make people mad one way or another. I can't help it. I can't help it because God won't let me shut up. God won't let me. Sometimes I wish I would shut up. I wish I would just shut up. I'm sick of me sometimes. I go home shocked. I go home on Sunday and, and I'm all busted up. I got to take a walk for a minute and say, did I really say that out loud? Is anybody showing up next week? We're here and you're here, so all right. We're, that means we're going to keep going then. I guess we'll keep going until it's just my wife sitting in the crowd and then, and then we'll pack it up. We become angry no more. When we no longer let our anger cause us to sin, instead we confront our problems and deal with them biblically. Somebody needs to holler at my boy Evander Duck. Van's been doing a study on relationships and all Van's been saying to me and all we've been saying to one another and all we've been praying for is, Pastor, if people would confront the problem biblically instead of confronting one another, if I could get A and B to fight against the issue instead of fight one another, we would solve this thing and put it to bed for good. It talks about it. We have to confront the callousness. We have to confront the sensuality, the greed, the impurity. That's not the way we learn. We have to put off the old self, the former manner of life. We need to be renewed by the spirit in our minds. Get a new self. We have to put away falsehood. We need to speak the truth. These are the things that we must do. We are called to do these things. And if you read two more verses in verse 29, it says, no, let, let no 
corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as the fit as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Would your would your mouth would your mouth fit that description? Would your IG fit that description? Would your Facebook fit that description? Would your secret conversations in front of your children fit that description? See, this is the issue. We must no longer allow anger to cause us to sin. We think all of a sudden, because there's injustice in our world, because there's a struggle, we should put the Bible away because we don't need God to deal with it. We'll deal with it. The whole reason we're in this trouble is because we've been trying to deal with it. We've been keeping God out of it and then wondering why we got problems. Oh, don't talk to me about the Bible and don't talk to me about prayer. The two weapons that God has given us in this warfare and Christians want to pack them up in a suitcase and sin. We want to be hateful and nasty and mean and be justified in it. Oh, I'm a Christian, but... It should be, I'm a Democrat, but, I'm a Republican, but, I'm a this, but, I'm a that, but, but no, it's I'm a Christian, but. And the devil loves that. If you know the good you ought to do and you refuse to do it, you are sinning. And that means if you know that you're supposed to forgive your brother or your sister and you don't do it, you're sinning. Don't let your anger cause you to sin. Good morning and welcome to the Word of God this morning. Put off the old self, put on the new self. We must speak the truth, not spew perceptions and opinions. It is ridiculous. I watch different news streams, which I try not to, by the way. And I'll watch how they'll twist. You can see one interview from one person and see two different reports on two different news channels. It is absolutely ridiculous. And we're all over there just eating it up. Eating it up. Eating it up. Instead of eating up the Word of God. You need to measure everything according to the Word of God. In order to give and receive forgiveness, we must confront the issue, not the person. We get to with the person and say, can I talk to you about racism? Can I talk to you about this issue? Can I speak to you on this topic? Can I help you? Can you help me? We must come together in this. We get together and we speak to the issue. We don't label the person, but I'm seeing people label one another. I got people hollering that each other are racist, and I know they're not racist. Both parties, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist. We're all racist. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. It blows my mind. I ain't ever seen this. You are, you are, you are, you are. Instead of talking about racism, racism just sitting there laughing. <laughs> got you and got you. Perfect. Fight. That's what I want you to do. Fight. Stay apart because if you ever get together, you'll get rid of me. If you ever get together, you'll get rid of me and you'll eradicate me forever. So fight. You're never going to solve nothing like that, church. Matthew 18 says, if you got a problem before you come to worship, we got to talk. We got to talk. We got to talk. Amen. 
And then it says, if you don't get satisfaction, then you bring somebody spiritual into the conversation. And then you have that conversation again. And you continually try to bring about help. But you go first to them. You don't come and say, oh, Pastor Mike's on my side. Oh, Pastor Mike's on my side. I'm on God's side. Always been on on God's side. And let me just let you know something. Everybody lives in a three-story house. There's your story, their story, and the truth. I would drop this microphone, but I don't want to dent it anymore. It's already been dented from being dropped. Third thing I want you to see about being angry no more is we no longer hold on to bitterness or seek revenge. Instead, we speak life, peace, and hope. Look at what 28 says. It says, let the thief no longer steal, but, let him, but rather let him labor doing honest work as his own hands so that he may have uh, something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting uh, talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is good for building up one another. And look at verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Some of us have been bouncing on the Holy Spirit's last nerve. And anybody who's a parent knows what that is. When I was a child, I knew how to do that well to my mama. And I also knew what was coming if I didn't stop and still didn't learn and still took many more than I needed. She'd give you the warning, but my mama gave you one warning. See, God gives you more. My mama gave you one. And then after that, you were straightened out. We were good to go. You didn't have to worry about where she stood on an issue any longer because you couldn't sit any longer. But that's another story. Save your emails. I am not promoting uh, spanking your children. Save them. Save them for somebody else. I got spanked by my mama, and uh, I still love her to this day, and I still don't want to get spanked by her. So, mama, if you're watching, I learned. I'm a good boy now. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Are y'all hearing the word? I've been hearing some people clamoring. I've been seeing some slanderous accusations. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I'm going to go ahead and just make you mad. See, I wasn't going to do this this morning. I was in my office praying, and I really didn't want to say this, but the Holy Spirit made me want to say this. And, and so I'm going to say it even though it's going to make everybody mad. And, and I, you know what? Whatever. I'm just going to do it. Here it goes. I'm going to get everybody mad, Dre. You got my back, though? All right. So I just needed just maybe one or two, you know. This is what kills me, right? Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander be put away. And then I'm seeing this from both sides. I'm going to give you an example from both sides on Facebook. If you support Donald Trump, you are a racist. That's what I'm seeing on Facebook. Not taking into account there are other people in your fellowship that are Republicans, and so you insult them. Now, on the other side, here's the rebuttal, because I have to hurt you. You hurt me, so I have to hurt you back. That's, what, that's the way it works, right? Then you have the other side, because I ain't on either side. I'm on Jesus' side, have been, always will be, right? I think that Jesus trumps Trump, and I'm biding my time till Jesus comes. You know what I'm saying? So I'm good to go. Just making sure you all know that. 
And then the other side says, well, then you love to murder babies. If you're a Democrat, you love to murder babies because 1.5 million babies are killed each year in the United States. So if you're a Democrat, you support abortion and you support the murder of babies. Hello, baby killer. So we have racist and baby killer, two names that are being thrown out. That sounds like clamoring and that sounds like slander to me. And I don't know too many people in my congregation that are baby killers, and I don't know too many that are racist, but according to Instagram, we got full of it. According to Instagram, according to Facebook, we're full of it. Now, who wants to, who wants to come to a church full of baby killers and racists? Nobody. But you won't shut up. But you won't shut up. You surely won't speak up for Jesus, but you surely won't shut up. So then I got to defend the church that I have bled, sweat, cried, and paid the price for with my own blood. To, to build a church that we could be proud of. To, only to have people say it's full of racists and baby killers. They're not focused on the Word of God. They're focused on democratic policy, on Republican policy. They don't know about Jesus. It's not all about Jesus. It's all about Trump because it's always been about Trump, always going to be about Trump. It's all about Biden because it's always been about Biden, always going to be about Biden. But I say it's all about Jesus because it's always been about Jesus and it's always going to be about Jesus. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I may as well just get people mad and then you can go and do whatever you want to do wherever you want to do it. Be sure to tell them I sent you. Drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. But I forgive you. I have to. God said so. But do you hear what I'm saying here? Do you see the hyperbole? Do you see the ridiculousness of what I'm saying? But if we would forgive one another, if we would love one another, we would put an end to all of this foolishness and we would be the church, man. We would be what God's called us to be. And I'm not asking you not to speak up. Speak up. Just don't spew. My goodness. Get your facts from God's Word. You can't have this bitterness. Bitterness and revenge only call for two things. Bitterness and revenge. There is no other way. You know what bitterness and revenge leads to? It leads to gossip. It leads to slander. It leads to malice. It leads to lying tongues. And we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And you know what then we do? We then stay away from God. You know why? You know what's going on with people right now with their hardness of heart? They don't get into the Word because when they get into the Word, they get convicted. You don't see them showing up in church. They ain't sitting right here listening to Pastor Mike and going, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. No, no. You know what they're doing? They're staying home, and instead of tuning in, you know what they're doing? They're too busy being a clicktivist and a slacktivist. Ain't doing nothing but causing issues. Talking about, look at me. I'm a clicktivist. I'm a slacktivist. Look what I'm doing. You ain't doing nothing but causing trouble. We need to be kind and tender-hearted and forgive one another. We must not make vows. If you're going to make a vow, make a vow to forgive. I'm going to forgive even when they don't want it. 
I'm going to forgive them because they won't. This is what we do. We hold from, I'm not forgiving Nikki because Nikki won't forgive me. No, you know what? I'll make Nikki matter. I forgive you. Well, I don't forgive you. I don't care. I'm free. You're locked up. I'm free. Yo, you can't forgive me. I just forgave you. You ain't going to forgive me. I forgive you. And guess what? I'm not fighting with you anymore either, so we're not talking about it. You're just forgiven. Sit over there and be forgiven. And be mad that you're forgiven. That's how it works, isn't it? We have to search our hearts. Forgiveness is the way. It's the way. Forgive as we've been forgiven. The quickest, the quickest way to be relieved of this ugly anger is to forgive. Let yourself out of prison. The funny thing is you're screaming and you're shaking at, these, at this cell. You got these bars and you turn around and realize the door was unlocked the whole time. You, the door was open. You just were over here shaking on every angle but the angle. Because you wouldn't, you kept doing a 360 instead of a 180. Oh, the door's open. Looky there. You see what I'm saying? Don't let me trip. I'm already tripping. Forgiveness doesn't mean we excuse the crime. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Forgiveness does not mean we excuse the crime. It, we, it means we're no longer willing to be the victim. It doesn't mean that we excuse the crime. It means I refuse to be the victim anymore. I will be the victor and I will be free. You see, forgiveness doesn't make the offender right either. Uh-uh, it doesn't make them right. What they still did was wrong, but you know what it does? It makes us free. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Forgiveness is not about approving what happened. It's about choosing to rise above it. Come on, church. If you want anger, if you want the pain, if you want the hurt to go away, you got to choose God's way, the way of forgiveness. Think about Jesus on the cross. They had beat him. They had spit him. They pulled his beard. They false worshipped him. They hung him naked on a cross. And you know what he did? He called fire from heaven and burned all of them to death. No. He called 10,000 angels and it was like, whoa! And they, they decapitated everybody. He called them all racists. He called them all baby killers because you killed the son of God. No, you know what he did? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know why he forgave them? So he could forgive you. And you know why he forgave you? So you could forgive them. Come on, that'll preach all day. That'll preach all day. Father, forgive them. Pray. Make the call, church. Pray. Make that call you need to call. Have that meeting that you need to have. Get face to face. Get heart to heart with one another. Let's put this thing to bed forever. Come on, church. Let's be the church. It's time. It's time. But none of this, none of this matters without Jesus. You don't have the ability without Jesus. And until you've been forgiven, 
you don't know what it's like to forgive. And until you understand what it means to be forgiven, you'll never know what it is to forgive. But if you know, if you know like I know, if you know like I know, you see, when Jesus found me, I was, I had done so many things that I was ashamed of. Not ashamed anymore because Jesus has made me a man of clear conscience. I'm not ashamed of who I was because Jesus forgave me. He took that away from me. And I tell people who I was so they know he can forgive somebody like me. He'll forgive somebody like you. But you know what he makes me do? He makes me forgive other people. And you know what scares me? Jacob, you know what scares me more than anything? Is Jesus said, if I don't forgive them, I'm not forgiven. Now, I don't know about you, but I love Jesus. And I, well, I know Jacob loves Jesus. Y'all know Jacob loves Jesus. He's like worshiping Jesus, right? You all know it, right? But you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if Jesus said it, I'm in. And if he told me that if I don't forgive, I'm not going to be forgiven, shoot, you're forgiven. That's easy. That's easy because I'm going to need his forgiveness for the end of the day. I'm going to need his forgiveness before the end of the day, I promise you. I keep a short account with God. I'm going to need it before the end of the day. And I'm probably going to need it because some of the co comments that I'm going to get, I'm going to have some bad thoughts about that. But I'm going to forgive you, but I'm going to need to be forgiven. So see, that's the cycle. I wish I was joking, but it's true. So what do we do, man? The first thing we need is repent. God, forgive me. And then the next thing we need to do is receive forgiveness. Forgive yourself. Yeah, maybe you have made those mistakes. Okay, you did it. It's, can, can, can we put it under the blood? Let's just get it under the blood. So what? You're ashamed of your Facebook. You're ashamed of your IG. You're ashamed of your words. You're ashamed of what you did in front of your children. You're ashamed of what you said when nobody else was looking. Let's get it. Let's get it done. Let's get it under the blood. So the next time the devil reminds you of your past, you can remind him of his future. Let's get it under the blood. Weren't you the one that was posting that? Yep, but now I'm posting peace. Hallelujah. Weren't you the one that was all loudmouthed about it? Yep, now I'm loudmouthed about Jesus. I got corrected. I got corrected. Come on, church. It's our time, man. It's our time. Let's be, let's be city on a hill, man. Let's be the church, man. Let's love each other. I'm calling you to that love as your pastor. Talk. Communicate. And I know I said some hard things, but I ain't sorry for a thing I said. I'm not sorry. The only way I'll be sorry is if we don't heed what, and this, I said we, not you, we. If we don't heed what God's word is saying. We got three more weeks in this series. But let's make it three weeks of education by making today the day that we decide that we are forgiven, we're forgiving ourselves, and we're offering forgiveness to everybody, even if they don't want it. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we call upon your holy name. There is nobody like you, Lord. There's nobody. And I just come to you today, God. And truthfully, God... Without you, we got nothing. But with you, we have everything. And Jesus, forgive us 
For those of you that are believers, right where you're at right now, listening or right here in this place, if you need to be forgiven, Jesus, forgive me. God, forgive me for my careless words. Forgive me for my evil thoughts. Forgive me for my anger. Forgive me that I have been captured by a political, by a racial issue. Forgive me. God, I want to speak life. I don't want to spew hate. Jesus, change me. For those who need Jesus more than your next breath, the Bible says if you believe in Jesus, if you believe that He's the Son of God, if you believe He died on a cross for your sin, then you, then you, by receiving Him, can be called a child of God. If you're there right now, wherever you are, in this building or listening, and you need Jesus more than your next heartbeat or more than your next breath, you just simply say, Jesus, forgive me. I believe in you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you were raised to life. And I believe that you defeated, defeated Satan's sin and death on my behalf. And now I walk in newness of life. Holy Spirit, come and live in me and work through me. I know that I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected. And I trust you with my life. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, that I confess, and that I profess. And all God's people said, Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning because He's a good God? I don't know about you.